Welcome to the Long-Term Care Chronicles podcast. Hello, I'm Helena Nielsen, and uh, I'm going to be speaking to Miranda Ferreira, who is the national president of the Ontario PSW Association and the Canadian Support Workers Association. Today, we're going to be talking about PSW staffing and training. And um, I have uh, the distinct pleasure of um, having you, Miranda Ferreira, um, uh, speaking with us today. Miranda, you are the national president of the Ontario PSW Association and the Canadian um, for the Canadian Support Workers Association. Quite a title. And so I'm, I'm very, very pleased that you can join us today. Um, why don't we start, uh, Miranda? I've got about 11 questions, and I'm hoping that we can get through them today. Um, but perhaps um, allow me to first let you introduce yourself personally, and then we can start with some of the questions. Sure. Uh, my name is Miranda Ferrier. I'm the National President of the Canadian Support Workers Association and the Ontario Personal Support Workers Association. I am also a personal support worker, having worked in long-term care for eight years, home care and hospital settings uh, for the remainder of the time that I've been a PSW. And I'm super humbled and proud to represent the PSWs across our nation. Thank you so much, and we're certainly very pleased that you found the time to speak to us today. Um, I'd like to get started. I have about 11 questions, and I'm hoping that we can get through those questions because I know that they're going to be very important to all of us at the end. Um, prior to COVID-19, staffing levels were far from adequate for personal support workers, and uh, the pandemic has made that uh, painfully obvious. First question, what would be the most ideal staffing situation in long-term care to provide the compassionate and quality care we all expect? Um, I think that's a great question uh, right off the hop. This is a <laughs> yes. topic that we've all been discussing for so long. Uh, I know myself and the association, we have been demanding a set ratio in long-term care facilities uh, being, you know, the amount of residents that one personal support worker can care for. Um, we are asking for a one to eight. So one personal support worker to eight residents. I know that's not exactly where we want to be, but we can actually decrease it as time goes on, but we need to start somewhere. Um, I also think as well that we need to take into account that the personal support worker has not been a big part of the healthcare team overall in long-term care, which has, has always baffled us because PSWs are the ones that provide the most intimate of care, most personal of care for those in, in our long-term care facilities. So by involving them as a part of the interdisciplinary healthcare team in long-term care, where they're involved in family conversations, um, where they can interact on a more official level with families and answer their questions, I think that would be very helpful. I think you'll have a lot of people agreeing with you. It's a start, but I hopefully, hopefully we can all um, see that number being reduced down the road. Absolutely. Um, the next thing is it, it's a given that the lockout of family members has had a direct impact on the PSWs. The question is, what kind of feedback have you been hearing from your membership in this regard? They miss having the families there. Um, many times the families are able to provide that extra special care that no matter how much the personal support worker wants to be able to provide that for the residents, um, they just can't because of the lack of staff and the lack of time, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think they've also seen, and we've heard this a lot from our membership through the pandemic, they've seen the decline of a lot of residents because they haven't had their loved ones there with them. Um, it, it was a very sad time and still is a sad time for a lot of personal support workers when they watch their residents because they really do care. I think bringing families back in in order to help provide that care to their loved ones in long-term care and hence kind of same scenario, right? Keeping the PSW involved, same with keeping the family more involved. This needs to be a more community-based care as opposed to what it is right now. No, I quite agree. I had my mother in a home for five years and I was there practically every day and I know the kind of work that is that is done by the PSWs and we we do help we do try to assist in in uh, providing them with a little bit more time with other loved ones and so we have to work together that's very obvious currently the PSWs are not regulated health professionals and of course as such training and wages vary across the country the question is, as part of the possible solution, would you recommend regulating your profession and setting standards on training and wages nationally? Oh, that would be a dream if we could do that. Um, honestly, we at the association in Ontario, uh, we have actually been fighting and lobbying and, and advocating for regulation of the personal support workers going on five years now. Um, we have a whole system that we've built ourselves through the association, we've developed a separate college uh, that would deal with complaints or disciplinary action. We've offered to do it for free. So we've gone to the government and we've said, listen, we already have a system as the professional association to do background checks, to ensure that their education is correct, to, you know, we give them a mandatory $1 million professional liability insurance. Um, you know, we we may, we hold them accountable. So let us do it for free. We already represent 42,000 personal support workers in Ontario with over 69,000 across Canada. I think that if we start in Ontario and trickle out, that'd be great. And then to speak to what you're saying about national standards to training of the personal support worker, that, again, a dream. I We want that super bad. Um, you know, in every province, we're called something different. It's a very confusing, you know, uh, profession to be in. And then you have some provinces that, you know, don't accept people from other provinces with the same credentials because they're called something different. It's quite a ridiculous state. I understand too, Miranda, that in different provinces, they have different uh, education requirements. Um, some as, as little as six months training and uh, others go up to two years. And I think that's very important what you're saying, that we need to have some national standards. And I think your family councils will agree with you. Um, the, uh, the next thing is, uh, through observation, many family members feel that not enough training goes into geriatric care, and I certainly came across that in my experience as a, having a loved one in long-term care. Um, how, do you, uh, how do you care to comment on that? I agree with you. Um, I don't think that the personal support worker program here in the province of Ontario is, is in-depth enough on geriatrics. I like to actually call the PSW program the novice program. And the reason why I like to call it that is because um, we are currently working with different community colleges across Ontario, and we have our own educational department that are specializing PSWs. We want to see PSWs go and specialize in areas that they want to be specialized in. For example, geriatrics, um, another mm -hmm. one, autism, 
you know, um, Parkinson's. There's so many specializations that PSWs can do. Um, the PSW program in itself, the curriculum, I took it and I graduated in 2006 as a PSW. I was part of an eight month program um, and it wasn't enough. I'll be honest, it really was not enough. So yes, I agree, they need more training. Understood. Family members, I think you can appreciate, are very sensitive to the concerns of the uh, personal support workers and um, that they've been experiencing during this pandemic on a personal basis, particularly. What is your membership saying in regards to the challenges being faced during COVID-19? Um, for example, uh, the, being the only breadwinner, uh, the pandemic pay and coping with the slow uh, deterioration of some residents that they care for. Uh, what what would you say to that? It's 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 been hell. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. um, our PSWs, especially in the beginning of this pandemic, it was a nightmare. Um, in in some places, unfortunately, it continues to be a nightmare. They're doing their best. Um, you know, we have PSWs in long term care. They all received the four dollar increase in long term care facilities, but then you know PSWs working in home care did not receive it. Mm -hmm. um, in certain areas, mm -hmm. there has been mass confusion surrounding the pandemic pay, but then there's also been confusion surrounding, um, you know, what's next, you know, are we actually going to see these recommendations from the staffing study go forward? You know, um, they want answers. And this is a new thing for us as PSWs typically are not, or in the past, have never been mightily vocal. Um, but since the pandemic hit, we're finding that there is this new passion and this new drive for change within the PSW field. So I think we're gonna start seeing some massive changes coming down mm. the pipeline. I do know that they are what, they are all for what is best for their residents in those homes. And they advocate like crazy for them. We get phone calls every day about situations and how they can handle it and how they can, you know, better um, get the word out to the family or go to management, et cetera, and what to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the PSWs have stepped up and I think we're going to see change. Good. Good to hear. Now, with respect to the pandemic pay, are there still some waiting to be paid for what the government has promised? Are you hearing that from your members? Well, yeah, absolutely we are. We're hearing it almost, well, right now, hourly, on the hour. We're hearing mm -hmm. it from them because rightfully so, they're frustrated. Yeah. The money was announced way mm -hmm. too early. Um, let's just be honest. It was a great announcement and it needed to happen at that time in order to boost morale. Mm -hmm. I completely understand why the government did that, but they didn't explain it properly and they also didn't doll it out properly. So anybody, you know, so companies, what they were doing, a lot of companies, is they didn't receive the money from the federal government until the end of July. So a lot of our personal support workers mm -hmm. are now getting it on their paychecks and lump sums, but they've been anxiously awaiting it for months. So there's been a lot of frustration surrounding this. Of course, understandable, understandable. Um, well, what have you heard from your membership in regards to support from their employers? And is there a difference between for-profit, non-for-profit, and municipal facilities uh, with respect to wages and benefit differences? I mean, have, um, uh, have you heard from them in, in terms of the kind of support that they're getting and in those particular uh, types of homes? 
I typically try not to answer that question. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I work with for-profit. I work for not for, with not-for-profit and I work with municipal homes. We support PSWs everywhere, but I will be, and I will answer the question. The for-profits actually pay pretty well, um, but the problem is there's no full-time lines and they don't offer benefits to part-timers. Um, then you go into the not-for-profit where the pay is a little bit less than the for-profits we find. Uh, and they typically get maybe half of their benefits paid or no benefits at all. And there's no full-time lines. In the municipalities, we actually see the PSWs being paid the most uh, in the municipal homes. Uh, typically, I know that like in Chatham, there's one of the homes there, which is a municipal home. And our PSWs are making $26 an hour with full benefits. Um, but of course, they're also full-timers, right? So... Mm-hmm. It really, it's so vague across the board because I could be saying this about the for-profit and then tomorrow it could switch. You never know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we've been hearing a lot about how important it is to be able to give the PSWs um, a decent wage so that they can have a full-time job in one facility and not have to go from one to another in order to make a decent living because that's how some of the um, the infections have spread, mm-hmm. never mind the pandemic, but that's how the infections have spread periodically mm-hmm. throughout our homes. I know that uh, we've encountered uh, a few times where we've not been yeah. able to have meetings in the building because of one floor having having a breakout. And I, I think all of that stems from the fact that some have had to go from home to home in order to have enough hours to make ends meet. And I think that's another thing that we need to look at is to make sure that the, the salary that does give them a decent living. Um, so uh, hopefully that's, uh, that's going to be next on the agenda as well. Um, moving on, I'm sure that... Uh, that your membership has reached out to you with concerns over the years. The question is, um, has there been some common threads of concern expressed both from COVID-19, both before COVID-19 and during? So obviously there will be some differences between before and after, but are there some common threads um, uh, as as a result of um, of the PSWs in, in, in both situations? Have you found any? You know what's interesting about that question um, is there really hasn't been a change. Um, The issues that we faced prior to the pandemic versus the issues that we faced through the pandemic and ongoing hasn't changed. We still don't have the staff. Um, You know, the PSW still don't have that professional respect right, AKA regulation. Mm -hmm. Um, We're finding that PSWs are still burnt out they're leaving the field in groves. It's all the same problems that we had prior to the pandemic have only been, you know, amplified Exasperated, in the yeah. pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I would have thought that there might have been, yeah. there might have been a few more, the fact that uh, because of the pandemic, they weren't able to go to various homes and therefore haven't been able to um, augment their salary. I realized that the government was, uh, you know, assisting in some way, but I would have thought that that would have been one of the, one of the differences. But a common thread, of course, I think we can all appreciate is the staffing level, plain and simple, the staffing level and, and the, um, um, and also oh, yeah. their absolutely yeah, and yeah. and 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 also their i think credentials um and how they're seen by by the powers to be in terms of their in terms of their contribution to to long-term care i think 
you're right, it has to change. And that is a common thread, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Now, in, in, in Ontario, the, um, the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario indicated the July 31st, 2020 deadline for the basic care guarantee. Uh, question is, do you agree with what they are indicating and what are other provinces saying in regards to PSW ratios for care? Um, I am very much familiar with the RNAO uh, ask. Um, I don't. I agree that there should be more nurses uh, in long-term care homes, but I do not agree uh, with decreasing the personal support workers and putting in more nurses. Um, I think that we'd be going backwards if we did that. Um, now, for other provinces, I know that the staffing issues are the same, literally across Canada. Mm -hmm. um, I currently have chapters in Saskatchewan. Um, Manitoba, British Columbia, uh, starting one in Alberta, <laughs> and we have Newfoundland. And it's the same issue. They're all working short. Uh, they're not being supplied what they need in order to do their jobs accordingly. It's really concerning when you're hearing the same issues from your, you know, colleagues from across our nation and that we haven't figured out that we need to change that. Mm hmm mm hmm I um I I tend to agree with you in terms of um what what they're suggesting is is that um in fact there be less time it seems like for for the PSWs to be with their their care and uh, I I I think that uh, they probably represent and I think you said it right from the beginning is is that uh, over 80% of time that the residents spend is with a personal support worker. And and that's that's just the way it is. And therefore, I, I think we need to pay a great deal of attention to, to that fact. So anyway, um, I, I appreciate Absolutely. I appreciate what, what you are saying. Um, you know, that family councils are very much aware that uh, staff come and go for personal and health reasons. Um, during this pandemic, and I think you alluded to it, there has been more than usual PSWs leaving the field. Um, would you say that that is a direct Im, uh, result of the COVID-19 or is that a trend that's been that, that that's been happening? Um, actually, this is a trend that we have been um, documenting um, since 2017 mm -hmm. is when we really started seeing the mass decline of personal support worker students enrolled mm. and also personal support workers leaving the field. Um, when they leave the field, people think they're going to upgrade their schooling, and some do, but the majority actually leave the, leave the field to go work in factories or work at Tim Hortons. Mm. I have a Tim Hortons by my house that is literally staffed by all personal support workers because they just wow. didn't want to do the job anymore. Let's just be honest. Being a PSW is not an easy job. No matter where you work, it is not an easy mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And when you compile no respect, no formal recognition on top of that, no full-time gigs, you know, not a good minimum wage for the most part for PSWs, um, why would you stay? Mm -hmm. I, and I'm saying this as a PSW who worked in the field for, you know, a decade. And I left to do this. But... I still be in the field, mind you now, if I wasn't doing this, but I can totally understand why they'd leave. And let me tell you something, it breaks their hearts when they leave their jobs. Not because of, you know, their maybe sometimes their colleagues or their administrators or their DOCs, but because of the residents. That's why they stay. 
but then we have to treat them better and give them more so that they're not falling apart while on the job. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the, the last question, and, and then I'd like to give you a, a few minutes if we still have some time. Um, what supports does your organization recommend putting in place to ensure that mental health, the PSWs, especially in facilities where there are major outbreaks, um, uh, what, what types of supports would you recommend putting in place? I, I would, honestly, we're dealing with this right now. Um, because a lot of facilities are reaching out to us asking for mental health supports for their staff. Um, we have an ability at the association as our director of education is also a trauma therapist. We lucked out on that one. Um, and so she's been able to guide a lot of our members through this crisis and, and bring them out the other side, shall I say. I think that long-term care facilities need to have like a, a therapy-based option for all of their workers that they can utilize for free. I mean, let's let's be honest here. It's not an easy job. And even when it's non-COVID, you're still dealing with death. You're still dealing with trauma. And they need to mm -hmm. provide that service for everyone who works in a long-term care home so that, you know, they can maintain staff and, and keep morale up and help them if they need help. Oh, very interesting and very important, very important. Um, I'd, I'd like to give you a few minutes if there's anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to uh, that you'd like to share with us. But before you do, to make sure we don't run out of time, I just want to say that it has been a great pleasure and honor to have had the opportunity to interview you today and to hear what your vision is for your membership going forward. I think that um, after hearing your your responses, um, you would get a lot of support out there from the public, particularly from those of us who have had loved ones and currently have loved ones in long-term care homes. Um, I think it's important that we able able to regulate and, uh, and and also to make sure that we have ways of encouraging those who may not be suited for that job and to encourage them out of that hopefully prof profession as it may be called down the road. But um, anyway, it, it's very important that we have the best possible people yes. out there and giving them the best possible um, tools in order for them to, to do their job and, and to make it easier for them to have a, a more compassionate relationship with their, with their residents as opposed to just doing the job. I think because of the time that they spend with those residents, it's important that they develop a little bit of a relationship with them, and only time will allow that, and they have to be given that time. And many of them would like to have that time. So anyway, please, if there's anything that uh, you would mm -hmm. like to bring up that we haven't discussed, the floor is yours. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Again, thank you for being so patient with me <laughs> in my basement today. Um, <laughs> well, we feel for you. I just wanted to say that family councils are extremely important. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, family councils are very important, and I've worked with many different family councils across uh, Ontario through my many years of working um, as a PSW and also being the president of this association. Mm -hmm. um, and your voices need to be heard in regards to regulation. Mm -hmm. um, the association has... Uh, we're working with the premier's office. We are trying to push it through. I'm going to be honest, we're really close, good. but it's between us and another option. And that other option is not going to do good for PSWs or frankly, those in their care. Um, so if your listeners, uh, watchers want to reach out to us, please do www.opswa.ca. 
you can contact us. We're happy to send out our two-pager on the regulation. Uh, we really believe that a lot of these issues in long-term care, um, to speak specifically to that, um, can be fixed um, by regulation. As it stands right now with personal support workers, we do not have a solid base to grow from. Uh, so everything that happens is a Band-Aid solution. We mm -hmm. need to have a solid base to grow from so that we can, you know, solidify these changes in long-term care homes for the front frontline worker, the PSW. Um, and so that's pretty much my spiel. But I do want to say, too, that people don't become PSWs for the money. They become PSWs <laughs> because they love yeah. what they do and they love the people they care for. So... I quite agree. That is, that's what I always like to say. And not just anybody can be a PSW. I think we've all witnessed that. Um, it takes mm -hmm. somebody truly special to do the job. Right on, right on. Hopefully they'll catch your your email address. It went a little fast. Maybe you'd like to slow it down so that people will have a chance to get it down on paper should they wish to contact you. Absolutely. It's www.opswa.ca. Great, great. Well, I think you're going to get a lot of responses because a lot of people are very, very interested in um, in seeing changes. And um, so, I, again, I thank you so very much for your contribution today, and I wish you well. And I hope things get resolved at home. <laughs> the floods uh, floods can be challenging, so thank I you. wish you all the best. And um, Anyway, yes, they you, can. Can, you can contact me anytime. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you have any feedback on any episode or suggestions, please contact us on our social media on Twitter at Family Councils, on Facebook at Family Council Collaborative Alliance, and Instagram at FCCA0020. Thank you again for listening.